Hey everybody, welcome to Abnormal Adventures. Today's episode, we are talking about mental health. There's a little bit of suicide talk. So just warning that out there. Um, I would really recommend if you are struggling with um, any mental health issues to um, look below in the description. I have listed the uh, U.S. Prevention Hotline and the Canadian Hotline. So please make sure that you guys reach out to anybody, family, friends, the hotline, a professional, anyone. If you feel like you are struggling with your mental health, um, please, please don't be silent in this time. Please reach out and actually talk to someone and make sure that you get the help that you need and don't stop fighting until you get that help. Okay, uh, I'll do my little weird little welcome. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Abnormal Adventures. My guest today is Alex. Hello, Alex. Hello. Okay, so I've known Alex for, has it been 10 years? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's been 10 years. Um, I met Alex when we used to work at Claire's together. I was her manager and she was my assistant manager. Um, and then we've been friends ever since. <laughs> Yes, we have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, I'm trying to think where I want to start with you. So Alex, we'll get right into it. So Alex has been very open and honest about her mental health since I've met her. Uh, She's very vocal on what she goes through on almost the daily. I wouldn't say every day she would talk to me about it. But um she was very open. It was the first time I've ever met someone that struggles with mental health that was very open to let people in her life know what was going on. So we're just going to talk through kind of Alex's life with mental health. So Alex, take it away. So my mental health issues have started since I was a young kid. I was originally having issues at eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, sexually assaulted at eight years old and that was just the beginning essentially. Yep. Um, by 13, I started self-harming myself. Um, and it was more so for attention at that point because my sister, who's four years older than me, um, she was struggling with a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was me being not my parents' intention, but I was being neglected. And due to that factor, I was doing anything to try and get their attention. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately during that time, because of what was happening, I ended up developing an actual mental illness. So I developed depression, anxiety, and a borderline personality disorder, which is one of the most misunderstood mental health issues probably on this planet. Because yeah. um, you can't just take a pill and it goes away. Yeah. Did they diagnose you with that when you were 13? I was 15 when they diagnosed me yeah. with that. For and, all and of I, them or just that one? So I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety when I was 14, but borderline personality disorder, I was diagnosed at 15 and that was actually by uh, CAMH. So What's that? Sorry, the children, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. It's uh, the Children Addiction Mental Health Association, like, or sorry, hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're the ones that I had to do a three hour interview. Mm. Um, my parents were involved in that interview and uh 
it was basically to try and figure out if I was either bipolar or I had a personality disorder. At that time, they said because of my age, I was not at the time to start DBT, which is dialective behavioral therapy. I was too young. Okay. And you you said what it meant, but what does that mean? The I don't even I didn't even understand half of those words. The something something so, therapy. <laughs> so the dialective ther- behavioral therapy is just to learn how to control my overwhelming emotions. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. With having borderline personality disorder, and basically the best way I can describe it is when you feel anger, I feel rage. When you feel sadness, Mm -hmm. I feel like the world's ending. Yeah, it's always a notch higher. Yeah, did you hear me? Am I? No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. uh, I said, so what you feel is always at least a notch or more higher than a normal vibe. Okay. Yeah, so basically it's like, it's something that it's a personality disorder so it's something i can't control and that is basically what dialectic behavioral therapy is to teach me is to learn how to manage those symptoms so i'm not overreacting in a certain way i mean even when we were working at claire's it was like i would have paranoia symptoms for no reason whatsoever i i learned that because i I, i'm not a good texter and it, it would set you off so yeah (laughs) exactly and it's like I can't control it and I'm trying my best to control it but at that time um what it it was what it was but Mm -hmm. the second that my symptoms started they told me it would start my 20s that the serious symptoms would start unfortunately I had my son so yeah Bryson essentially what it was written off as Oh, you're hormonal because you just had a baby. Okay. You know, I have BPD. Yeah. So stop writing me off. Yeah. And that's why I switched family physicians. In the immediate immediate time that I did, yeah. He he was like, No, you're experiencing your symptoms of BPD. We need to get you help right away because you're gonna live with this illness for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And if you don't deal with it now then you're going to live in misery for the rest of your life. And since I've been in therapy, I've been in therapy for not long, but I mean, I've done eight sessions worth Mm -hmm. of it with a BPD specialist. And honestly, I have to say, regardless, I'm 28, I'm going on 29. I have to say I'm pretty proud of myself because by 27, most people with BPD commit suicide. So I have to be proud of myself that I'm mm. still fighting and I will continue to fight because at the end of the day, I'm not going to leave my son without a mother. Yeah. Like he's my saving grace. Yeah. So, um, so I'm going to jump back to your teens when you're talking about it. So when they diagnosed you with stuff, they said, obviously there's no meds. I always want to say your abbreviation wrong. There's no meds for your B- BPD? B- BPD. BPD. Yeah. But so you automatically were put on how many medications for depression and anxiety? so at that time I was put on a medication god I don't even know what it is anymore at this point because it was so long ago yeah um anxiety they don't care because they're like ah she's a teenager and that's the other thing women are dismissed in this community which is disgusting uh we're dismissed as hormonal we're dismissed as having babies we're just dismissed 
Yeah. If I was a guy and I came in with this disorder, they yeah. would take me more seriously, which is not fair. Well, it's not fair whoever. Like I said, I had a discussion with someone a couple weeks ago about she had to have some surgeries and they kept blaming it on her hormones. I'm like, why is that the answer for everything female? It's your hormones. It's like, just deal with it. And it's like, but that's not the answer for everything. And it shouldn't be. So. No, it's, it's, it's not fair. And that's exactly what my family doctor was putting me off as and why I switched family physicians. And he immediately was like, no, hell to the no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So from, you said 14, you were diagnosed with depression, and anxiety, 15 was BPD. And then when did you switch doctors at what age? Was that just recent or was that a that couple was- years ago? No, that was just recently within the last few months. Which is crazy that you went almost masculine here. No, actually 14 years without like, and like, I know bits of your, of your life. And the fact that you, like I said, you've been very open with your, like, at least us, I'm going to assume that you're very open with your doctor. And the fact is, is that until recently, you haven't been getting the help that you need for your mental health. As we know, mental health is a big issue already in society that a lot of people have it. I don't even know the statistics, so I'm not even going to guess, but a lot of people have some form of mental health and they get, they automatically just get given medication. Like I find that the medical society isn't looking into stuff enough to properly actually diagnose, because I didn't know this until I read a book recently that in depression, you can be an upper or a downer in the sense of how your brain functions. I didn't know that, but most doctors just go, everyone's obviously a downer, so just give them downer medication to help give them the serotonin or the whatever they're lacking. When yeah, it's like, it's... You live over there? Oh, I think I'm glitching. <laughs> yeah, I think it's you that's glitching, but you live in the middle of nowhere, but I, I also live in an area right now that has no service, Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> but yeah no I was like can she hear me what's up over there hello I've had it before that uh, like, I could hear you oh okay um but so it, at least like so through high school through college um how did you find trying to even get through schooling like I know you you're a smart girl but like, like, how did you find just even trying to deal with all of your stuff? Basically, what I resorted to was, uh, which most mental health people deal with, is I turned to drugs, and um, that was in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, I dropped out of high school. I then decided to turn my life around, and I applied as a mature student into college. Yeah. Um, during college at this time, I was with my husband, Scott. I was with him at the time and he was very supportive about everything. Mm -hmm. At that time I started a new antidepressant. I was fine. It wasn't until the last couple of years that Mm -hmm. my BPD symptoms started to arise and all this crap was happening. And I was being dismissed by my doctor as essentially what I keep saying is I hold a resentment towards him because I'm a paycheck. I work in the mm. medical field. I know how it works. Yeah. I know they get more money as a medic or uh, people with mental health issues. So I, to me, I was a paycheck. 
So when I got transferred over to the doctor that Scott Brayson see right away, he's like, no, it's your BPD. It's your BPD acting up. And it took a friend to give me a psychiatrist. Like, and it's just ridiculous that like so much stuff has happened in my life that what has happened I I mean, I don't want to talk about it, but what has happened that you are aware of, mm-hmm. um, it's taken that for me to get the proper care that I need, which is ridiculous. It is ridiculous because I feel like for how vocal you are, like, I get it. Like maybe when you were 15 and you were diagnosed with it and they say that it's too young to start, whatever, fine. But they still should have started something. I understand maybe not the full on thing, but maybe start little things. Or be like, you want to what? You're 18 now. Let's get you into therapy or into whatever method that they think can benefit you. Because I think saying that you have to wait until you're in your 20s, which then the statistics of not many people living into their 20s with it, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Uh, right? And like, I listened to my cousin that has the same illness as me. And She's been doing DBT through the dialectic behavioral therapy mm-hmm. for about six years now. Yeah. And um, I talk to her regularly. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. There's still days that she cannot handle her emotions. Yeah. But where I'm like, I'm cursed. I'm evil. Blah, 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 blah. I say all this. I say all this negative I know. shit about Which myself. Don't, don't right? we all in our own head? Yep. Where she's like, Alex, our brain's run differently they're overwhelming but they're empowering like Mm -hmm. she's more positive I'm not there yet and I'm I'm doing every single thing I possibly can with a BPD specialist and even when I've talked to my BPD specialist I said that is the most understood mental illness out there if I could take a pill it would go away yeah and and everyone would love me all of a sudden but it's like everyone does love you shut up so like we said, I've known the stuff that you've generally gone through. So are you seeing a therapist and the, I don't know your abbreviation for this other one, your other therapy for your uh, BPD. I don't know your abbreviation for that therapy thing. Are they two separate people or the same? Um, so I'm seeing somebody for my BPD therapy. I'm yeah. also recently just started seeing somebody for um, just regular therapy. And yeah. I'm also seeing a psychiatrist. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for your BPD therapy, can you kind of tell me like some of the stuff that they are teaching you to uh, help yourself through some of these emotions? So basically every single week I have to keep a diary card of my emotions of how I'm feeling and everything. And then she goes over, like she sends me hands out, sorry, handouts every single week about emotions essentially Mm -hmm. and um, how to deal with anxiety. Because like I've I've said to everyone in my life, I swear, I don't want to rely on medication for the rest of my life. Like my depression, I understand I'm going to have to, because I need a, serotonin boost yeah but when it comes to anxiety I don't want to become dependent on anxiety medication I want to learn how to cope with that um excuse me um but the biggest are keeping a diary card to notice the difference in my moods every single day Mm. so that is the biggest thing that we constantly every time we talk she's right right away like how's your diary card yeah. I want to know everything about it. I'm also working on a book um, 
personal book. It's not from her. Like she suggested it, but I'm doing it on my own. Um, it's dialectic behavioral therapy workbook. And so I'm working on that on my own. Um, it's explaining a lot. Uh, regardless, it's not a real human person. It's a book. I don't feel alone. Um, Scott's in therapy right now as well mm-hmm. to understand the illness himself. Yeah, to teach him how to ha- how to deal with maybe I'll say mood swings. I don't know how else to say it, but the the more extreme reactions type things, right? Yeah, like he's trying to understand the best that he possibly can. Understanding if I say I'm triggered, go away. Yeah, yeah. plain and simple, go away. Yeah, and also if the biggest thing that anybody with BPD will relate to is abandonment issues. Regardless yep. of my parents never abandoned me, mm-hmm. they never have whatsoever. No. But you threaten it, yeah. I'm done. I can't yeah. handle it. I will chase yeah. you. Yeah. And that's why I've always had my issues with you know who. Yeah. Um starts with an S. I've always had that issue is that the second you threaten it, it's like Yeah you enjoy hurting me like I just don't understand it so there is 12 steps which sounds like a freaking re- <laughs> or a recovery program yeah but there is 12 symptoms um I've gotten through two after yeah. like seven or eight sessions that's how intense this therapy wow. is but it's good like again I'm so I I'm kind of upset with the healthcare community because like it shouldn't have been this far into your life and for so many things to happen in your life for them to actually do something like, and that's when it's like, it's and like, I don't think you go in and, and cry for help. I bet there's probably times you have cried at your doctors, but maybe not a cry for help, but it's like, you're not denying it. So it's like, what are the, like, I wish there was ways to like get these answers. It's like, what is the big deal of looking into someone's health? I've just found that lately that, the medical society whenever i'm asking stuff it's a lot of they they kind of brush you off and it's like i don't understand it like this is your job you got into it to help people why don't you help people anymore like some people are now like you have to find those rare doctors that will actually be like shit it is really rare and even when I've talked to my BPD therapist she's mm-hmm. like honestly there's two of us in the area like nobody wants to for like give most a crap of, I'm gonna assume what for a good chunk of Ontario um I'm when she said in the area I'm gonna assume York region I don't really know but yeah. either way it's kind of like why yeah like like this is an illness that why is it that when I read through my book, it says that the person that created this book had was diagnosed in 19, I think it was like 78 or 79. Why is it that it's taken this long mm-hmm. that there's still no answer besides therapy? Yeah. Why, why do I have to deal with these overwhelming emotions? Do you think I enjoy it? There's been times that I've gone through every single emotion. So like no, emotions that you guys would feel on a regular basis is like an average person mm-hmm. of anger throughout the day. I feel anger, sadness, rage, like yeah. depression, anxiety, everything that I, my body shuts down yeah. and I go to sleep. Like I can't handle it anymore. Yeah. And thank God. Out, don't you normally have insomnia? <sighs> so bad. 
Like, I'm on a new medication right now. Again, I'm going to text you about stuff later. But um, I'm on a new medication right now. But uh, what's it called? Yeah, no, it doesn't help. Like, my body wants to die, essentially. (laughs) Like, it feels like hell. Yeah. But my brain won't shut off. And it's exhausting. Like, trying to be a mom, trying to do Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Like, it's just it's overwhelming it's exhausting like yeah your kid's a toddler he's not like self-sufficient he's a little ball of energy all i'm thankful for is that my family is trying to understand this illness Mm -hmm. um my parents have known about it since i was 15 but i mean again they're like ah symptoms whatever don't search for 20. kayla went through a year of therapy my sister. Yep. Sorry, I should probably mention that because we're on a podcast. Um, <laughs> Caitlin went through an entire year of therapy to understand what it's like to deal with somebody with BPD. Yeah. Um, my cousin didn't want to take my cousin. My aunt was recently diagnosed with COVID and she was in the hospital. She, yeah. My cousin didn't want to take in her cat. She's like, oh, it's selfish, blah, blah, blah. I explained to her, I said, it's a reminder that our aunt is not okay. Yeah. You have to understand that kind of stuff. It took her a few minutes and she took a step back and she's like, you're right. This is your cousin with the same disorder you're talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. So she's, she's 20 years older than me. Like she's a lot older than me. So she's been dealing is with she those... the curly haired one. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. Okay, you okay, met okay, her at, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You met at her the wedding. wedding. Yeah. At the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> the one with the red hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember her. Yeah. Yeah, so like she checks on me regularly, just as much as you do. Yeah. Like she's constantly checking on me. Um, but like the second I heard my aunt, which is her safe person, like mm-hmm. Scott's my safe person. Yeah. Um, I was like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "Stop worrying about my problems, worry about your own." I'm like, "No." Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do that. Just because I have a mental disorder does mm-hmm. not mean crap. Like, I'm still going to care about other people. Yeah plain and simple um but is it fair that like we have to deal with this no but we're both the youngest of the family so we got we had to listen to all the crap that happened sorry my sister's headphones keep falling out um there's a ring of the mind um my like being the youngest we had to watch all the crap that our family went through uh, our siblings went through and regardless that it doesn't, it's not always brought on by, a, like, a family issue. Mm-hmm. It can also be brought on by biochemistry, which is something that I recently learned that I said, okay, so it's not something necessarily that my parents did. Mm-hmm. We, we know my parents. They're not crap. They're not, like, drug addicts. They're none of that yeah. crap, right? Like, they're hardworking people. I mean, right now they're retired, but um, they've always been hardworking people, but... I do feel I got less attention, which do I know if that created my BPD? I don't know. Yeah. I really, I really don't know. Like, but at the end of the day, the biggest thing is, is that my son will always be my saving grace. So yeah. when I feel those thoughts, like I've said to my therapist, there's times that I feel the world's profit that me. Yeah. I know that I'm not going to let some other person come in and say you weren't good enough to stay for your mom. If it, sorry, for your mom to stay. Yeah. And I'm like, 
don't mean to be so graphic on your podcast, but like, screw you bitches. Um, (laughs) But like, seriously, it's like, no, I'm going to keep fighting for him because God forbid, like, I do not want him to end up like me. And I will keep fighting. Like, you've known me for 10 years. Like I said, Mm -hmm. I didn't want kids because of my mental illness. I didn't want to get married because of my mental illness. Like, there's been so many reasons. And it's like, I will always be vocal about it. And I said this to my BPD specialist because I told her I was going to be talking to you about it. Yeah. But I said, I will always be open about it yeah. because no one should feel alone. Yeah. It's it's not fair. It's not fair that anyone on this planet should feel alone because it's not fair whatsoever. True. There's not enough therapists out there. And yeah, I'm not a therapist whatsoever. But am I someone that you can talk to and say, I'm feeling this today mm-hmm. and I can be like, yo, I understand what you're feeling. Yeah. But blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm someone you can talk to. Yeah. Plain and supply. I'll always be someone you can talk to regardless. And you know me, I always put everyone ahead of myself. I don't yeah. care about myself 90% of the time. Let's be real here. <laughs> but you should. You should. I know I should. And I'm working on it, yeah. which is something my therapists and me are working on is that I need to stop being more concerned about everybody else and need to focus on myself. But it's hard when you have all these overwhelming hmm. feelings. It's like I just want to make sure everybody else is okay. It's true. It's true. But um as you say that you always talk about, and I, I think more people, even though I can't believe like how much mental health is now being talked about, but I still find it's a very taboo subject for people to still talk about. It's weird. Like people are trying to get people to talk, but then there's also like a, oh, they're faking it or this, that, or the other thing. And it's like, which is it? Do you want people to talk about it and try to get better? Or do you want them to be in silent? And then the, the ones that don't talk about it are the ones that end up killing themselves right people like we all can think of multiple actors that like first comes to people's minds that you think that they're all good on the outside but they're not everyone just won't shut up about covid oh covid killed this person covid killed that person okay before before covid happened what was the highest or highest rate of death suicide oh i bet yeah and the biggest thing is BPD because there's not like we can take we can't just take a medication pretend it's not happening yeah we we have to go through all this therapy and it's exhausting I'm not gonna sit here I'm not gonna sit here and pretend it's easy it is so hard to deal with plus being a mom plus being a wife plus going to work yep it's like having like a fourth full-time job like yeah. it's exhausting yeah and like you just like you can't you don't want other like especially like if Bryson's around me or, or my sister kids are around me I don't want them to know what I'm dealing with mm-hmm. so I keep it quiet yeah and then I have to hold those emotions in, and that's not fair to me either yeah but at the same time I'm not gonna let those kids see what I'm feeling inside so yeah. there's times that I've said to my sister like can you leave me alone essentially you know like you know uh, again stuff I'll touch you about later but like she was livid about last night like absolutely livid and 
it's just like nonstop crap. It's like, can I just have a break? Mm-hmm. Like, can I just have like a week break of yeah. all this crap? It's never gonna happen. Yeah, but I will continue to pay the therapist that I'm seeing, and mm-hmm. I will continue to see her. I will continue to learn about this illness. Yeah, I will continue to do all the steps she tells me to do. I will continue to do the work she tells me to do. I will continue to do the workbook she tells me to do because. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I don't want to, I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And again, like I said, I can't just take a pill and make it go away. I yeah. can't. It's true. That's just crazy. So, um, what was I about to ask here? Um, so do they think, I know that it will be a journey right now going through all your therapies. My question is, is do they, do they say that you should forever, like your whole life now stay in with the therapy to make sure that you're good? Or is it pretty much like when, once you've kind of learned those 12 stages or symptoms or from your booklet and stuff like that, is it maybe after that, do you get to kind of like relax a little bit? Not a little, cause you'll have it forever, but I mean, like it'll be less like then because I bet what are you having therapy and everything like that like <clears throat> right now right now it's weekly my cousin for example who has the same illness as me she only sees her therapist once a month so it will slowly mm-hmm. lower down yeah it's just unfortunately right now because all my symptoms have started I was dismissed for two years all, all the reasons behind it it's like it's going to take time for me to be able to manage my symptoms on my own. Yes. And also I need to have my husband there for me, not triggering me, like not intentionally. Like it's different yeah. if he's it's, like accidentally doing it. Yeah. But The hard thing is, is when family, family kind of most of the time subconsciously, but sometimes consciously, will push our buttons right like as we know growing up you have an older sister i have an older sister and there are moments that you're like did did, you do this on purpose you do yeah you are aren't you so that's the thing that i feel like it is a good sign that he is going through therapy to learn how to be able to be i'm trying to think of how to say this um try to be more I don't want to say not supportive but more aware of the things that come out of his mouth and the behaviors basically my opinion on it is you can't be an advocate about depression anxiety and not an advocate about every other mental illness and that's Mm -hmm. how I feel about him like you can't go get tattooed on your your face like he has it on his neck I was like Um, he doesn't have a tattoo on his face (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no but on his neck Behind his ear, like, yeah yeah it says keep fighting and it's got the mental health symbol you yeah. can't act like you care about one illness and not mm-hmm. the other originally when all the stuff happened that yeah. happened that you're aware of he said i'm done i'm divorcing la 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 my headphone out hold on one sec sorry um he this headphone these headphones are so little um he wanted a divorce and then it was like three days without me and he was destroyed yeah and when he's talked to our marriage counselor it was i just want to know why she is 
Mm-hmm. Not in a rude way, but why she is the way she is. Why does she hate herself so much? Yeah. You know, she's she's a great mother. She's a hard worker. She is a great wife. Um, you know, there's so many things that, like, he listed off, and I'm just like, I don't see it that way, though. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a bad mom. I think I'm a bad wife. I think I'm a bad worker. Like, and it's because I'm in therapy right now to yeah. learn to change those thoughts. Okay. And recently I got a handout and I handed it to my sister and she read it and she's like, literally, it's like having a conversation with you is this negative. And the biggest thing, it's cognitive uh, behavioral therapy. Yep. And, um, and, um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> my, my, um, thing broke so I'm like trying to make it stay the way it is oh. um anyways it's my biggest thing is expect the worst hope for the best you shouldn't think that way mm-hmm. like, again, I, I get it in certain situations it people have to think that way right like there are situations in life but 24 7 no it's not healthy it isn't healthy and that's what I expect so for example I'm not going to go into details about the meeting, but I had a meeting recently at work about two weeks ago and immediately I was like, I'm getting fired. And I'm messaging my union rep regularly. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I'm getting fired. I think I'm getting fired. And she's like, Alex, stop. You're not getting fired. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking the absolute worst. And when it ended, I had a panic attack. Yeah, it was. I dealt with it. Yeah, and I messaged my manager. I said, "I'll be back in five minutes. I need to yeah. calm down." Yeah, but it's like I shouldn't feel that way. Like I shouldn't think yeah. so bad about myself. Mm-hmm. And I think the worst outcome. It's not yeah. fair to me, right? Because yeah, when when we were together, there was many a times that I would respond through text, just like the letter K. Oh, God, after something so annoying to text and um <laughs> i i slowly got used to that i'm like okay i'm talking to alex like put more in there get her because i found the times that i didn't realize for a while until you really pointed it out because i didn't understand is that i would respond in the way that i would in person but you can't see me you can't hear my tone you can't anything and there are so many times yep. that you'd be like are you mad at me I'm like no I'm not mad at all. Why? And you're like, I just thought you were mad. Yeah. And so, it's like, just me, how you respond. Yeah. And so, for me, like, I, I, I am used to you, and I know more how I have to respond. Or say, if I, if I message and I haven't heard from you, it's like I, I, I give you about a day or so, and be like, Hey, are you good? Did you get this? Sometimes you are. You do need that space from the world, and I get that. And sometimes you'll take a couple days and just kind of focus on your mental health or whatever you're doing at that moment and then you're like I'm sorry I was just kind of shutting the world out but I'm back here now I'm so sorry um but if you would give advice to anybody dealing with loved ones or friends that deal with any type of mental health what would be the the thing that you would say to do to like and I know that you're not an expert but I just mean from your standpoint how would you, you like your family and friends to kind of interact with you? You need to be open. Mm-hmm. Um, if something they're saying is bugging you, you need to tell them. Yeah. If it hurts your feelings, 
you need to be honest about it. Like, for example, like how you said when you say K to me, yeah. it bugs me. I think you're mad at me. Yeah. Okay. So as simple as that, like I've even said my said to my dad the same thing. Yeah. When you say K to me, I think you're mad at me. Yeah. And it's it's stupid. It's a text message. But that's a really easy thing for people to change to make sure that you don't have a tailspin from it, right? Like, nothing exactly you're always it. going to, but. No, and there's going to be times I'm just like, whatever, I don't care. But there's times that it's like, you have to also be understanding. If somebody's asking you for reassurance, don't get mad at them. No. If they, if they need that reassurance, you need to be respectful of it. Yeah. And there's times that like, I mean, like I've messaged certain people and I'm like, I'm just asking for reassurance because this is what's going yeah. through my head. Am I wrong? And I, it's like, sometimes I need to hear I'm wrong. Yeah. Plain and simple. And my biggest thing is, is just, you need to communicate my, your mm. feelings about anything. Like, don't be ashamed of who you are. Yeah. Um, like, you are who you are. Plain and simple. Don't be ashamed of it. It's like, if someone had cancer, would you be ashamed that you have cancer? No. Yeah. So why True. should you be ashamed that you have a mental illness? It's not your fault. You didn't yeah. like wake up one day and say, I'm going to create this on myself. It's not fair to you. Yeah. We're all suffering together. There's a giant community together about this. Mm-hmm. And we will continue to fight for an answer. And after this COVID crap is dealt with, they act like they're going to do so much for us. I don't believe it. But if they do, awesome. Yeah. Perfect. But... If you feel at any point a doctor is dismissing you, find mm-hmm. a new physician. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just so frustrating. Like, I just, I don't know. Everything about the mental health community has made me so angry in the last few months alone with everything that's been going on in my life. Mm-hmm. But I I can't handle it anymore. Like, I'm just like, honestly, like... <laughs> We're human beings too. Yeah. Do you think we woke up one day and we're like, oh, I hope I have a mental illness? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I felt like too, because my first specialist, when I got diagnosed with my ITP, she treated me like I was this horrible person. Like the way that you would think that a doctor might treat someone that has been an alcoholic and a drug user. And now they're like, well, my kidney's failing or no, my liver, which one? It'd be liver, liver for an alcoholic. Uh, but like, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously my Ooh. autoimmune was not at all, I, I, nothing I did caused it. And she made me feel like I was this horrible person for having this and wasting medical dollars. Yeah, is, you were uh, treated like garbage mm-hmm. when that happened. Trust yeah. me, it freaking pissed me off too. Oh, no. And the reason why I think it set me off is because I know how badly I'm treated constantly. And once I entered the medical administration field, I know how much more doctors get paid when Mm -hmm. it comes to mental health patients. And I'm like, really have some goddamn respect for us. Yeah. I think that's crazy. Like, I just, I don't know all of it. I just don't get, I don't get some of the medical stuff nowadays because like even now, like what was it? A couple of weeks ago, I had like a list of things I wanted to talk to my doctor about. But it's like, oh, you don't even get the decency of having a Zoom call with your doctor. You just get a telephone call, and then they'll deem it like once you talk to me, if I feel like you need to come in for this. Because I had <clears throat> asked her, like I'm that type that like I I have this weird fear that I'm gonna get some kind of cancer, so 
I've always been really big on wanting to get like full physicals. And back when we were females were allowed to get them yearly, I was yearly. I want my physical done. I want those pap tests done yearly because I don't want to wait yeah. three years and then find out that, oh, is it three years now? It's been, yeah, it was yeah. two and now it's three. Yeah. Yeah. And so I asked her on the phone when I was talking to her, I was like, oh, I'm just wondering, like, when is mine due? Oh, yours is due in the fall. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, but, well, we'll hope that COVID's a bit better because right now we're not doing full physicals. I'm like, excuse me? What if you had cervical cancer? She said that they'll still do a pap, but I'm like, yeah, but there's still other stuff that you check during a physical to make sure that it's good. And I was like, okay. But I'm thinking, she's like, well, right now with COVID, we can't like being in the same room with someone for 45 minutes. It's just bad. I'm like, okay, I do hair and I have to touch. Like I have to be close to people's faces on a regular. Yes. We're both wearing masks, but like, what the hell? Why is it that my psych who has a medical condition, so he can't wear a mask. He purposely makes it. So he's six feet away from us. I wear a mask. He can talk to me like I'm a human being. Why can we do that? Right. I, I don't. And I sometimes think it's an excuse because like, say in the fall when it's time for my physical, if they say, oh, we're still not, I'll be like, okay, by that point, I'm hoping that we will have herd immunity from people actually getting vaccinated and yeah. us both wearing a mask. Hello, you're not touching my face. You're touching my vagina. Like, come on. Legit, like, if I can go and get my tooth, like, I had a tooth worked out probably, like, three months ago. If I can yeah. go and get that done and they're wearing full PPE, there's a HEPA filter in the room. Mm-hmm. She's wearing the, like, you know, like that black mask thingy covering her face with a level three yeah. mask on, wearing PPE. My ass, she cannot do a pap smear on you. Oh. Like, it's ridiculous to me. Like, That's crazy. Yeah. Like, and again, like, I see my psych probably every two months because it's so HIPAA covered. So it's free, right? Yeah. Um, but like, he doesn't wear all that crap. I wear my mask out of respect because yeah. I know he has a medical condition. So I, I respect that. Yeah. But it's like, he's not just going to be like, ah, oh, I'm not going to see you because you have mm-hmm. mental health issues going on. Like, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Oh, I piss- don't know. That, la- that pisses me off. The last time I saw you, do you remember the book that I told you I was reading? You probably don't. But yeah. yeah. I, haven't, I haven't stopped talking about it with people that I want to get scanned so goddamn bad. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So I finished reading the book. So it's I've said this on the podcast multiple times now. The book is Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. And honestly, Alex was the first person. So they talk a lot about like spec scans, which is scans of your brain. And sometimes they'll do spec scans on when you're relaxing or when you're trying to do some kind of challenge. So they'll still strap you in. It's an MRI type thing, but they still will, they'll look at it. And like, I was surprised at how much stuff they said. So when you said you had the trauma when you were eight, they actually talked a lot about that, that like people brush that off, but that's a, that's actually, I can't remember which one because I read it for my, for my things. And I am an, I have issues with eating. I'm a stress eater. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to see if there was things in this book that could help me change the way that I thought about food and stuff like that, which it did help. Um, but reading it, the I full-fledged just thought of you the whole time. And I was like, some of it, like, they they did talk about how there are a lot of disorders that start in childhood from an incident 
and it's and it's so crazy because I I I honestly wish that I could find you a place to go get your brain scanned because I'm honestly like, like me and Caitlin haven't stopped talking about it that I wish that I could go somewhere and just get my brain scanned just to see what happens like is yeah. it gonna light up like yeah. <laughs> what's gonna happen like me and Caitlin talk about it nonstop. like she knows when I'm not okay yeah and I think it's because of the therapy that she's dealt for the last year and a bit mm-hmm. that she understands that I'm dealing with a lot of mental health issues and BPD being something that is so friggin' misunderstood. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's like, you're going to tell me you understand schizophrenia, but you don't understand BPD. Okay, cool. Um, so if I heard voices, you'd understand me, yeah. but it's like, we talk about this book and I'm like, I wonder if there's somewhere at Camp H, for example, which is like the top mental health hospital. Is there somewhere there I can get scanned? Possibly. I, I remember when I first started reading this book, I did try to see, and I thought that I saw a clinic in Toronto somewhere that does it. I don't know how you can get an appointment. I bet it's not covered by OHIP, but... Um, probably not. But, but it's more it, than likely Camp H, right? Yeah, probably. But I was just so surprised, like, in... I, I would, whatever you have time, I know your life is crazy right now, but I think this book might be beneficial for you. And this is no offense to this like book. I still have to go back because they put this, um, this guy and I'm horrible with authors. So I'm not even going to remember who it is. I'll put it in the handle, the book and the title and blah, blah, blah. But, um, the author and, but he gives links to his clinic. He's in the States, obviously. And he puts links to their website and they've designed some like quizzes and stuff like that that you can take that it, once you take it, it'll give you ways to like um, deal with your, whichever the quiz is. But some of them were like helping you get over different addictions or different medical conditions um, because uh, a lot of it is, ow, ow, sorry, my cat is clawing my leg. Um, but a lot of it is, is that he was trying to set stuff. So people always like, there are people that do need the brain scans, but there are some that he's like, if you fill out these, like these questionnaires or find these links on the website, you're able to kind of help yourself to try to like self remedy for a bit. Um, and I, uh, I honestly think that like, if you have a chance to read it, read it. I would say when I read it, there was, I used to like, he has a lot of like testimonials of people he's helped. And after reading a couple, I was like, okay, I get the gist. Oh, you did a brain scan and you found out what was wrong with them. So you, you gave them treatment plans. So I saw, I, no offense to him. I started skipping the testimonials because they were in every chapter and there were a lot of yeah. them, but the fundamentals <laughs> of it. And at the end of the book, like there's a whole section, like I'm a weirdo. Cause I was like, so I underlined some stuff. And then there was full spots that I full-fledged paper clipped together that I want to relook at, that they gave a list of all of the things you should get tested for your blood work to help with your brain function. They talk about the vitamins you should be taking to help your brain. Um, they start talking about like, like methods to start to help yourself. Even if you fully don't know what your diagnosis is, is that he, he goes into detail of saying like, okay, like, if you're like, there's little like questionnaires at the end of the chapters at the end that it's like, answer these questions, honestly, rate it from one to four. And he goes, once you answer it all, if you have 
more than five of these answered with a three or higher, you have this disorder or most likely have this disorder. And so then he gives you re- like ways to help yourself try to deal with that. And it's like, okay, try oh. this, try these vitamins and then go talk to her doctor. And then he's like, I would recommend normally this medication for this disorder. And it was actually really cool. I thought, um, cause I was surprised that I'm like, I don't get me wrong. I eat fish every once in a while, but I know I don't get enough of the omega threes. And since I started reading the book a couple months ago, I started taking like omega threes and the, the fish oils. And I couldn't believe the difference in my brain because I was starting to get a lot more of the mental fog on a daily. And I thought, Oh, am I just really tired all the time? And then once I started actually getting the vitamins in my system of the omega threes, I couldn't believe how different that my brain is way more like, don't get me wrong. We all have tired days, but like way more with it because a lot of times our brains aren't getting enough of that, the fatty acids to actually help it. And it's just crazy. I think that because, like, I've been on medication since I was, like, 14, I just, like, expect everything to be pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical, <laughs> that I just don't rely on any. When people talk about natural crap, I'm like, <laughs> like, okay, I just don't believe it. you can't it. because you use essential oils or you used to use essential oils. I don't know if you still do. I used to. Yeah. I used to for my headaches. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, I'm, I, the girl that I talked to that she's, the episodes that's going live next, or she'll be after hers. She, uh, we were talking about how she's really into, um, she calls it like green witch, a, a green witch. And, um, and how it, even if we, I had said that she, like, she enjoys crystals. So do I, I'm a crystal person. And how, um, even if it's a placebo effect, if a crystal makes you feel better because it's in your pocket or on your necklace, do it. Right. So I don't know. Um, My sister has your uh, Spotify. Spotify? Is it Spotify you're on? Yeah. Well, I'm on Spotify, Apple, and Google. Okay. Well, but, she, I know she has like unlimited Spotify. So yeah. she like lets me listen to all your podcasts and stuff on there. So that way I don't have to like pay for side note. Extra. You can, you don't have like Spotify is free. You don't have to sign up for premium. Oh yeah. I don't uh, know. That. Was, there's so many people that like, uh, I, uh, ooh, was she my fourth episode? Uh, her name is, uh, Mel. She, uh, I played roller derby with her and she, uh, was like, when I first asked her to come on the podcast, she was like, um, okay I'm nervous but okay and she's like I'm gonna have to get I'm gonna have to pay for Spotify I'm like you don't have to pay for Spotify it's, it's I didn't it's know that honestly yeah. um but it's an, it's it's an enjoyable ride so far it gives me something to do in lockdown <clears throat> yeah no I just kind of like when I was asked to come on here I was kind of just like you know what like find me on Insta find me on Facebook find me on TikTok I don't really care what it is yeah I'm here talk to me I understand what people are dealing with it's difficult it's hell on earth I literally feel that way but I don't care if you just want to if you want to even message me and say the most negative possible thing you could possibly about like I'm not going to say the word, but I'm alive yourself, essentially. I'm not going to sit here and be like, 
oh, I'm calling the cops. Like, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to yeah. talk to you. Yeah. I've had people reach out to me on TikTok yeah. because I use my platform as more so of uh, mental health awareness. Yep. Um, and I was like, when you asked me to come on here, I was like, I just want people to understand that are listening. Like, if something's going on in your life, yeah, talk to me. Like I'm not, I'm not a quiet person when it comes to this stuff. Like I will be very open about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed of who I am anymore. Yeah. I used to be ashamed, I'm not ashamed anymore. I yeah. don't care if you don't like me for who I am. Bye. Yeah. So I've got you, and I've got two other girls in my yeah. life. Other than that, yeah, don't care. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? Like. I said to you years ago, because you used to have an abundance of people in your life, and you called them all friends, and I, I watched how they treated you. and it You always, were so mad. <laughs> because I was, I'm older than you, so whenever I would see it, I'd be like, get rid of them. Get rid of them. I know. And you're always like, like that, no, no, no. And I'm like, you, all you need in life, don't get me wrong, you can have an abundance of people in your life, but I wouldn't call them friends. You need those close people that are like, they're there for you. That if, if, if you need to call someone, they're there to listen and they're going to pick you up if you need help or whatever. And no offense, you're never going to have a huge group of friends that will all do that. And all you need, right? You need no. that small knit group. So. And I'm not going to mention it just in case they log into this podcast, but you know exactly who is fake. And I'm not going to, I actually have cut them out of my life. Good. Plain and simple. I've got you. I've got two other girls. Mm-hmm. And then my family beyond that. But yeah. that's it. Yeah. I'm done with it. And I've apologized. It's ridiculous how much I've apologized to being like, I'm a bad friend. And they're all like, honestly, I'll shut up. Like, wow. you're, you're fine. Like, we love you. Yeah. We know you're going through stuff. Which, do you think I ever got that from the, all those other no. people that you know I've dealt with in my life? No. Yeah. It's so true though. It's, it's crazy that way. Okay. So you said everyone can contact you. So say all of your handles, are they all the same names on everything? I don't know. I obviously don't have TikTok. So, so Facebook is Alexandra CC slash cook, not mm-hmm. slash, sorry, dash cook. Yep. Um, Instagram, Alexandra C. When I say CC, sorry, I should probably clarify. I will spell it out down below as well. Like in oh, the okay. captions. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people think it's just CC, right? No. Um, XO. Um, when it comes to TikTok, uh, it's the same thing as Instagram. Alexandra okay. CC XO. Yeah, I'll write them all in the handle in the below so that if people... And same with on Instagram. I normally have like the same blurb that I post below the podcast. I'll post under like when it goes live so they can find you through those things as well. Which makes it a bit easier, but um, and it would be wonderful if I know you post pictures of people every time you're doing like one of your podcasts. Yeah. Can you not post what I look like today because I've had a very bad? Day I'm definitely not like gonna. Crap. No, like I said, the Zoom. I never use stuff from the Zoom. The only time I use a picture from the Zoom was my brother because I don't have any recent pictures oh. of him. So I just I screenshotted us talking. Find like a you know what? Use the picture when you just did my hair because okay. everybody loves it. And they're like, Alex, why are you really here like that anymore? I'm like, because I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I remember when I met you and you always said, 
no one can curl my hair. It doesn't stay curly. And I was like, bullshit, bitch. Don't tell but do me. Do you remember? Do you remember my wedding? You had to recurl it and hairspray that shit because yeah. it would not stay curly. True. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it was. It was a. Wasn't it? It slightly. It rained that day. That's why I got you. I remember. But more than was, likely, the reason why. Yes. Yeah. But still remember because for Caitlin's wedding, you were like, my hair won't stay curly. I'm like, yeah, it will. It yeah, will. and it did. It did yeah. that day. It did actually. Yeah. Uh, six, someone just invited me to something. I don't oh. think it's anything to do with you, obviously, because you haven't posted anything. No. People won't stop inviting me to crap. I have over 2,000 followers now on TikTok, so they won't stop inviting me to live. Well, like, go away. Then I need you, once this goes live, post on your TikTok somehow to get them to I will. on my podcast. I will. And I'll also do a live and all that but the, every single time I do a live people attack me for my mental illness so I just need to like now that I'm like dealing with my mental health worker I'm kind of just like you know what yeah <laughs> no you one can see videos. that it's fine it's fine <laughs> um, <laughs> no but like as as our journey as friends has been it's I'm so glad that you're finally getting help I am furious that it had to come to what it came to for you to get help but I am so happy that you were actually getting the help that you need I just hope I get to go home soon yeah it's true but uh I will say thank you for joining me Alex of course always here if you need to talk about mental health stuff I'm always here even if you just want to chat I'm always here Okay, guys, remember we are on Spotify, Apple, and Google. We've got our website at www.abnormaladventures.ca. We are on Instagram at Abnormal Adventures Podcast. We've got an email at abnormaladventurespodcast at gmail.com. You can find that through the website. Please make sure to like, comment, subscribe, rate five stars. I'd love to hear from you guys. Please give me some feedback. I know I'm still new, but I want to hear from you.